You're listening to Got Tech, the podcast with your hosts, Eric Geis and Nick Johnson. Welcome back to Got Tech, the podcast. Episodes 58 through 63 are part of a five-episode series devoted to G Suite activities, add-ons, apps, teacher extensions, and student extensions. In this episode, we're going to be sharing 20 of our favorite G Suite apps and add-ons that you and your students can start using today. In episodes 62 and 63, we'll be breaking down some of our favorite extensions for teachers and for students when working in the classroom. If you need some inspiration for digital lessons, these are the episodes you've been waiting for. Check it out. All right, Nick. So I just want to get started today just uh, reminding people that if they like what we're doing here, if they like our podcast, or if you're checking out some of our uh, YouTube videos, please subscribe. It helps us out, lets us know that what we're producing, the content that we're producing makes sense to everyone and people see it as being valuable in the educational community. The second thing, if you have time, please review us. Uh, Review us on your podcast players, review us on YouTube, leave us comments, reach out to us on Twitter, uh, get a hold of us, and let's start a discussion. Let's start some dialogue. Lastly, if you could go and just tell one or two friends about Got Tech the Podcast, that would be greatly appreciated. We're trying to grow our audience to make our PLN a little bit stronger, and so we can learn from everybody. You can follow Got Tech outside the podcast at gottech.com or on Twitter at WeGotTech. So today we're going to get back into our uh, G Suite series of podcasts. I noticed that you skipped an episode number or we expanded one. Yeah, we had a special episode with uh, Stephanie Howell that we sort of had to fit in. It was a great interview. We just thought it was too important to wait on. So we kind of squeezed her in and took the place of uh, episode 60. That's what this was originally supposed to be. So it's a little bit strange. Our episode count says 58 through 63 for a five episode series, which is actually six if you counted them. But that's because uh, Stephanie took over episode 60. So we're sort of just picking back up where we left off for maybe the most unique of the episodes right in the middle. And that is apps and add-ons that go along with or can be used in conjunction with our our G Suite tools like Docs, Slides, and uh, you guys know the rest. So I'm pretty excited to feature these. I know one thing that's been confusing me probably since I've started using Google is just understanding the difference between apps and add-ons and extensions. Sometimes I even hear the word uh, plugins thrown in there. We're going to stay away from that one today. I think it's more like a general term, Uh, but we're going to try to focus specifically on apps and add-ons. So I can... I can say that in doing this research, and correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but I'm pretty sure, uh, at least for the add-on side of things, an add-on just is is something that extends the features of a Google Doc or a Google Slide or Google Sheets or any of your Google tools. There's even some add-ons that work you know, for Gmail or your Google Drive even. Um, so that's specifically what we mean by an add-on, which is kind of distinct from extensions in that extensions don't have to exclusively work with one of those tools. Do you think I have that fairly 
correctly represented there. You do. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to expand your definition a sure. little bit. <laughs> sure. All right. So add-ons. Think of add-ons as something that you're when you have Google Docs open. That is something that you can add on to the Google Doc app, right? Google Docs is an app, right? The apps that we talk about today, these are standalone things. Google Docs is a standalone. Google Slides is a standalone, all right? So the the apps that we're going to talk about are Chrome apps. So we have our G Suite apps, and now we're looking more at the browser apps, so the Chrome browser apps. So we'll have 10 Chrome browser apps, and then we'll have 10 add-ons. I uh, did the research on some of the apps, and you did the research on some of the add-ons. So uh, do you want to kick us off, or do you want me to kick us off? Yeah, why don't you get started? We'll maybe go one for one. You can share an app, and I'll share an add-on. We'll go back and forth that uh, through the list of 20. All right, so if you're listening... Just to make this perfectly clear, if you hear me introducing something that is a uh, it is an app, it's a standalone feature. You will be able to find it on the Chrome Store. Some of these you can find elsewhere as well, but it's also in the Chrome Store. If Nick starts off with something that is going to be an add-on, all right. The first one, and I'm telling you, these apps are so underutilized for me. I don't know if I've ever used an app on purpose other than maybe one or two. All right. But the first one is called copy folder. And let me tell you something. Everyone always asks me, how can I make a copy of a folder uh, inside of my Google Drive or inside um, of a project that I'm doing? And I want to make a copy of the folder, all the subfolders and all the files that are inside of those folders. Well, guess what? Copy folder gives you that ability. So make sure that you go to the Chrome store uh, and you find copy folder and you download that one uh, because it will save you a lot of time. I just spent so much time taking all of my science teaching stuff when I was a science teacher and I wanted to have a copy of all that in case I ever went back, which is coming to fruition. I'm going to go back and teach some AP bio uh, next year. So now I'm trying to bring those copies back into my Google Drive, which is a lot easier than taking them off. But uh, make sure you go out and get some copy folder. Such an amazing app. That's really cool. That's a good example of one of those things, for me at least, you don't really know you need it until you know you need it. I had no idea you couldn't copy an entire folder. But next time that happens for me in my uh, drive, I'm going to definitely go for that. So thanks for sharing. So my first selection, like I said, I'm really featuring the add-ons today. Um, as far as where to find add-ons, anytime you have any Google Doc or Slide, anything open in one of these documents, there's a little button right at the top next to File, Edit, View, Insert, all the tools we typically use. There's literally an add-ons button right there. So if you're in a slide and you want to know what might I be able to add to this to make it a little more, more exciting, the simplest thing to do is just click that add-ons button and it opens up a page straight away and starts listing out for you some of the most popular add-ons for that tool. So that's just a little tip on where to find these things or just give them a quick Google as I list them off today. My first one, uh, more for the student side, but this could be for teachers too, especially anybody maybe going back to school and writing some papers and doing that sort of stuff. It's called Easy bib bibliography creator and it's a pretty simple one in terms of what it does it does exactly what it sounds like it's going to do this automatically creates bibliography citations for you as you copy paste things into uh, into your google docs so this one does is a add-on for a google docs it formats in a variety of different um, citation styles so if you're doing mla it'll do that if you're writing an apa it will do that it says it features about seven thousand more styles 
I didn't even think that would be possible to have that many different styles, but according to Easy Bib, that's what they can give to you. Guys, you know better than anybody that writing citations properly can be a giant hassle. So anything that does that automatically is a winner for me. And this seems to be one of the most popular ones. So yeah, definitely check out Easy Bib Bibliography Creator. That is a fantastic one. I will tell you, just getting done with research uh, in a major way, uh, citation machines are a blessing. We're no longer in an era where you have to teach students how to write out every single reference. And they should know what each part of that reference is. But as far as knowing where the periods are, knowing where the colon, semicolons are, let the the uh, tool do it for you. So that's an amazing one. I'm going to hop into the next app, and that is called Plotly. Uh, so go to the Chrome store, download Plotly, and this will help you with all your graphing needs. And uh, this will tie in with Google Sheets. So you need a bar graph, go for it. You need a scatter plot, go for it. You need a line of best fit, go for it. This is good for math, science, anytime that you're going to have any type of data that you're working with, this is one to definitely check out. Yeah, I can speak to Plotly a little bit too, just uh, as a chemistry teacher, lots of graphing all the time. Um, and the students really like Plotly. I think it's a little bit easier to use than trying to figure out all the ins and outs of having your, uh, you know, your Google Sheets create a, a graph for you, which is also pretty easy. But there is a, a slight learning curve there. So I can say Plotly is a, a nice, uh, simplistic version of that. My next choice for an add-on is something called MindMeister. MindMeister is another add-on for uh, your Google Docs. And it does something that I thought was pretty unique and that I hadn't seen before, but I've tried it out with a couple uh, examples and it works pretty well. Um, MindMeister takes a bulleted list. So just imagine any type of a list that you would type out in your Google Doc using bullets or numbers. Um, well, it takes that bulleted list and it automatically turns it into a visual mind map that you can then add into your Google Doc. It's a really cool way to sort of make that standard dry, you know, Google Doc paper format and add a little bit of life to it, add a little bit of color to it, a little bit of more visual interest, creativity. Um, so the way it works is you simply start by typing out your bulleted list, just like you typically would. But when you've, you know, added this MindMeister add-on, there's a little button that you click and it turns that bulleted list for you into this visual mind map. And then you can insert it directly into uh, the Google Doc. It's going to automatically include all the information you put in the list. If anybody starts playing around with this, just a little tip uh, that I figured out from uh, my own playing around with it is it's going to take the very first bullet point and sort of make that the center point for your mind map that everything else branches off of. So for me, that center point is something that I would typically title my list with, but now I'm just instead putting that as the very first bullet point. So everything else kind of comes off of it and it will automatically sort of have like segmented branches from uh, branches within branches. If you have bullet bulleted lists within bulleted lists, I'm not sure what you call them, but you know how they say they tab over. It does all that organization for you. So this is this is a, a very uh, a fun tool to play around with if you're trying to make uh, your Google Docs look a little bit more interesting. Yeah, I had no idea what MindMeister was. I, I saw that you put it on the list. I had no clue, but I'm thinking about how I could use this next year just to get to know some of my students. We're probably going to go back to a special situation where we've never met these students. We might be even remote learning for a little while longer. So MindMeister, just have them put the first bullet as 
you know, what makes up Nick Johnson. And then underneath of it, you could tell them to have seven to 10 little things that you enjoy. And there's a mind map right there of that's going to allow other students and yourself to get to know your students a little bit better. It's a great idea. Yeah, I just came up with it. I'm going to give myself a pat on the back, but I'm going to wait till later so everyone knows that I can't really do that because I'm not not built that way. All right, let's go into my next one. This is one that I have used in the past and I love. You know, Nick always makes fun of me when we're sitting down typing out show notes, things like that. I have these bear paws. So anytime I go to hit a a letter on the keyboard, especially with this uh, new laptop that I got, the keys are very, very small. I end up it takes me forever to type and he ends up using my computer and uh, just typing out stuff as I say them. So the next one is called Voice Note 2. Voice Note 2 is probably the most accurate voice to text program that I've used. And I don't know if it's because I have lower tones and some of the other ones, other programs have trouble, you know, trying to, I don't know what the right terminology here, but work through my low tones. Yeah. But uh, this one seems to do it very, very well. So I use this one a lot. So it's a standalone thing. So once you have this app, you hit a button to record, it will type out everything that you say, and then you can copy and paste it and put it into a Word Word doc, Google doc, whatever you want to put it into. So it's it's very cool in that sense. I would recommend this for any student, really. Uh, think about doing like some type of hands-on activity in your class where they can't stop and keep typing. So what do they do? They just leave a voice note on and they click one button and they talk while they're doing that hands-on activity. I think it's just a phenomenal tool for that purpose and also for some of our uh, special needs students that, you know, might struggle with some of the same skills that I struggle with and use this for. Yeah, voice notes, there's there's lots of different things that will do what voice notes too does, but we've played around with most of them and that is for sure our favorite and gets the... Uh, I guess the official Got Tech endorsement there. So I'm glad you brought it up. Um, the next one that I found is called Easy Accents. This is for our uh, world language or foreign language teachers. Easy Accents is another add-on for docs. And again, it does exactly like it sounds like it's going to do. It easily adds those annoying little accents on top of all your letters, which I know for me, and oddly enough, in chemistry, you do run across these. A lot of the historical chemist names and there's principles and different theories and laws named after these people people now. A lot of them have names that include these accented letters. And it's always so frustrating uh, to try and figure out how to include, man, I forget what they're called, the little swizzly one from German. I think, no, the two little dots in German, that's like an umlaut. What's the little swizzly one for, it's like a little symbol. I'm not sure what they are. You guys know what I'm talking about though. If you've ever struggled to find find those, um, Easy Accents is for you. Uh, It pulls up a little, little sidebar that easily lets you add all of those little accented figures into your Google doc. Um, I was planning on reading off some of the supported languages that it will do this for, but I can't because there's way too many for me to do. Even some strange ones that you would never even think that we'd have to use. So easy accents for docs. Definitely one to check out. All right. So I really could lump my next two together. So I'm going to do that and then let you do two. Uh, And I didn't want to leave either one of these off, both which I've used before. I think that's going to take care of the pretty much all the ones that I've used before before doing research. And that's Twisted Wave and Beautiful Audio Editor. They're both fantastic for having students do podcasts or creating voice notes, uh, things like that. Twisted Wave is probably going to take the edge for me, but they're both uh, very good tools. And really, it's just an interface uh, 
preference there. But you can record and you can also edit uh, in both of these. So make sure you test out Twisted Wave and Beautiful Audio Editor. I will tell you one thing, that there is a time limit uh, on both of these for the free version. I believe it's five minutes, but really at any point in time, you could stop a conversation and start a new one and then just uh, compile both of these audio segments in a playlist uh, on YouTube, or you could go into WeVideo. There are other ways that you can combine these two uh, audio files if you need to do something like that. So Twisted Wave, beautiful audio editor, two thumbs up. It might also be cool to, uh, as an added challenge, if you are having your students make a podcast to sort of use that five minute time limit and say that the podcast has to be a mini podcast. There's a lot of those out there right now that are 10 minutes or less. So you could challenge them to create a five minute or less podcast and let that built in limitation kind of work for you. So there is a, there is another tool that kind of does this as well. And that's called synth and synth takes a whole bunch of these little audio files and makes that playlist for you. So that's definitely something something that you could check out along with Twisted Wave and Beautiful audio editor. All right, nice. Well, you did two, so I'm going to do two also. The first one I can sort of fly through because we've mentioned it before. It's called Kaizena. Uh, the spelling on that's a little strange. K-A-I-Z-E-N-A, Kaizena. This one actually works with docs and slides, I believe. Um, and it's basically a feedback tool. There's all sorts of ways you can use Google Docs or slides or anything you're trying to provide feedback on for your students. There's lots of ways to make that feedback much faster. That's one of the most time-consuming parts of our job, right? Rating, as we would typically call it, but let's advance that a little bit, little bit further and let's now call it feedback. It's time consuming. You have to read it. You have to think deeply about what you want to say to the students. And that's maybe the most time consuming part. So any way you can make that faster is always helpful. Uh, the best part for me of Kaizena, my favorite part at least, is the voice commenting feature where you can re record your voice and it sends that straight to the student in the form of feedback. Um, I like that voice commenting because it's a little bit more personal and they really get a sense of what you mean to to say because they can hear you, they can hear your tone of voice as you're commenting on them instead of just text, which can sometimes seem a little bit uh, harsher than you mean it to or not as maybe not as harsh if you really want to sort of drive something home. So Kaizena is a great add-on to use for your docs or slides. This next one is a new one to me and I was one I was excited to talk about today. It's called Orange Slice. Uh, this is an add-on for docs that easily and quickly makes rubrics and converts that holistic score to a percentage grade. Now there's lots of rubric creators out there. This one I think separates itself in that it is in this add-on form. So it happens right in the Google Doc. It allows you to create the rubric, but also once it's made, um, you can click things within it and it automatically turns the scores that you've selected into a percentage grade for you. And to me, that was really what caught my attention. I'm just now starting sort of an end of the year project with one of my uh, my classes at school and, the, and it's very rubric based. The kids are writing a paper and creating like a digital poster sort of a thing. And I grade those with a rubric and I always have to sort of sit there and tally up, you know, okay, you got a four, five, a three, four, and a five, and they all have different weightings too. And it's kind of a pain, uh, but with Orange Slice, you can sort of let it do all the work for you. So I'm definitely going to give this a try this year for the first time myself. It's got awesome reviews. That's another thing you can do when you check out an add-on, right? Is just scan through the reviews. Very, very highly rated. A lot of the teachers using it say that it has changed 
the game for them. So check out Orange Slice as your next Docs add-on. Yeah, Kaizena is is great. Anything for feedback and giving feedback, instant or near instant feedback. I'm I'm all for that tool. Uh, Orange Slice sounds cool. I'm very particular with my rubrics. I'm gonna have to play around with that a little bit. Uh, but that one also sounds cool. I'm gonna get it into my next one, and this is really if if you're doing any type of video production. I know we had uh, Jennifer uh, Lieben on the podcast a couple episodes ago, and she mentions something to the tune of this one. This one's called Teleprompter or Teleprompt. Uh, and it is a teleprompter. It's an awesome app just because it allows you to have some type of script. Really, you could use VoiceNote 2 to make your script and then put it on the teleprompt. And, and there you go. You got a little bit of an app smash there. And it will allow students to make a video that they're proud of. It, it's it's like a next level um, video creation tool. It just makes it look a little bit more professional. And that will probably have your students buy-in a little bit better. Also, if you have any students that are giving speeches virtually or in person, you can give them teleprompt because that will help them practice their speech. Just having the ability to look up and make eye contact with their audience and practice that without having to have the speech down memorized completely, uh, that's an added bonus. So Awesome. Yeah. Talk about one of the most stressful things, right? That public speaking. So anything to make that easier sounds great to me. So thanks for sharing that one. The next add-on I selected is kind of a neat one too. It's called Writer's Highlighter. So this is maybe more for your English teachers, your, uh, your language arts people, but really anywhere where students are writing. Um, and it's what it does, again, is pretty simple. It is a highlighting tool, which when you first hear that, I know it sounds like, well, I can already highlight, right? In Google Docs, there's already a highlight tool, but this is sort of like the highlighter tool that comes with Google Docs, but times 100. Um, on the simplest level, it does just let you highlight things. But within those highlights, there's, if you want to get a little bit more advanced, there's tons of different ways to expand on this. Uh, one of those ways is simply highlighting in different colors. Uh, changing the color of the text as you highlight, not just the background of the text, but the text itself. Um, it even lets you do really fancy things like you can set parameters and it will highlight certain things in your writing automatically for you. So if I'm a student or if uh, even a teacher and I'm trying to change something about my writing, you can set the parameter of having this tool automatically highlight sentences that are longer than a certain number of words, just as one example. And it'll automatically do that for you so you can sort of then go find those sentences and maybe correct them if you're having a problem with maybe writing run-on sentences or something else that you want, like I said, that you want to fix. Um, there's also all sorts of other tools with what you've highlighted, like word counting tools and other sort of uh, analytics that give you a, a taste of patterns and trends in your writing. So this sounds like a really, really great fun thing. Plus the you know what attracted me to it immediately is just all the different colors you can choose from. I'm also I'm looking now as I'm going over this at some of the uh, it gives you like document stats where it lets you even in like a histogram form how many words you're using how many words you're using per line all sorts of really really great stuff you can play around with um, with writers highlighter another one with extremely high reviews on the g suite marketplace so check it out writers highlighter i, I really like that so i was just uh 
I have the baby monitor down here. I have, I have uh, one one of the three boys is taking a nap. He's starting to get a little restless. Uh, my wife went on a walk with the other two. So I was seeing where my wife was to see if uh, she can get him or maybe I have to go. I don't know. But this is uh, quarantine life. Uh, let's get into our next one. This is a great app. Uh, this is called Video Cutter. I know as a teacher, I'm always looking at YouTube videos and other videos, and I want to only use the portion of the video that is relevant to my class. So Video Cutter allows you to upload that video and you can splice it up so you're only using what you want to use in your classroom. I think it's a game changer. I think it's easy enough app to use and uh, you should go out and check out Video Cutter. Yeah, that, that's really cool. I, I don't know if anyone else has noticed this, but when you Google search and a video from YouTube pops up, a lot of the times uh, the Google will sort of automatically uh, highlight a certain portion of that video that has the direct answer to your question. It's, it's a great tool when something like Video Cutter allows me the teacher to do that maybe for my students. So as I'm sharing things out to them, it'll uh, kind of force them to focus on just the part they want. A lot of this stuff that's out there, maybe a lecture that's recorded online might be super long and you don't want to show them all that. So uh, a great sort of uh, tool to, to let you just feature those little snippets. So that's great. And my add-on kind of ties in with that too. It's called DocuTube. Uh, this is another add-on for Google Docs. One frustration I've been having a lot as we've been doing this sort of digital learning thing here with, uh, like you said, quarantine life is as I'm pushing out lessons to my kids, a lot of the time the lesson does sort of is built off of a Google Doc just because it's the easiest way for me to type stuff in and link things. Um, But at least as of right now, you cannot embed a YouTube video in a Google Doc. You can in slides, but not in a doc. You can link it, of course, like you can link to anything else. Uh, But DocuTube kind of has a workaround for that. What it does is uh, any videos that you have linked in your Google Doc. It sort of automatically searches the document and finds those and it pulls them up and displays them in like a little side pop-up bar next to the doc itself. So you're still not embedding the video directly in the doc, but it is sort of a way to get the feel of that video being there and sort of removes that extra step of having to click, open up a new tab and actually go to YouTube to watch it. So uh, DocuTube is something I've been playing around with mostly for myself. Uh, Maybe something in the future I could recommend to my students if I know that, you know, we're going to be continuing learning in this way. I could recommend it as, hey guys, you might want to add DocuTube so that my videos that I post in the doc, they pop up right away for you. Maybe just like a, a productivity tool almost. So that's a cool one to to check out. Remember DocuTube. Sounds awesome. Yep. I'm going to go into my next one. It's a curation tool. I read a lot of blogs. Uh, I like to start my day off with a video or a blog or something that is sharing positivity. Just gets my day going on the right foot. And Feedly is a good app to do that. Uh, Feedly allows you to take all your RSS feeds from all the blogs and um, websites that you uh, take in on a semi-regular basis. And it'll, it will bring that content all to one space. So if I'm going to look at our blog, I could go there. If I'm going to look at one of our friend's blogs, I could go there. It's all within the same app. And it's pretty special in that way. Uh, you can mark that things have been read. You can save things for later. You could tweet stuff out to social media if you really like something while giving that person who created it credit. So I I really love that one. So that is Feedly. Very cool. My next add-on is something called, this is for anybody that's interested in using icons in their uh, Google Docs or slides. It's called literally icons for slides and docs. A very obvious name for this one. I like it because it works with a, a variety of G Suite apps. So this is 
going to work with your docs, your slides, your sheets, even your forms, which to, it really caught my attention. Um, it does, like I said, exactly what it sounds like. You can insert really professional, clever icons into uh, all of those tools in, in your typing. And it actually uses something that I've been using online uh, for a long time. And I'm not sure how, how to pronounce this. I've always, I've always called it Flaticon. I'm not sure if it's flat icon is the proper way to say it, but it's just an icon database that you have access to. But this add-on uh, uses the Flaticon database to add icons into your docs. Um, I always try to make sure that when I push stuff out to my students, it looks professional. It looks like I've put some effort into it, especially if it's something that maybe you're going to share or post online, or if you're creating slides or presentations or making your own videos that get posted onto YouTube. Uh, just all these fancy little icons you can put in to sort of make it look more professional. Uh, they add a lot of quality and they, add, they they make it look way, way nicer than it would if you were just using text or, or the sort of stock, uh, you know, stock clip art images you can find somewhere. So this is a great tool that lets you really quickly and easily search these icons. And then once you found them, add them into the doc slide sheet or form. So this is going to be a big one for me in the future. Icons for slides and docs. Check it out. Yeah, I love that one because anything that makes someone that is artistically challenged as myself seem a little bit, you know, more mainstream, I'm all about it. So I will definitely check that one out. Uh, my next one is uh, BeatLab. And this is probably something up your alley. Um, BeatLab is basically an app that allows you to go in there and be creative with music. And especially in times like now, uh, we need these creative outlets. Uh, the students need the creative outlets. It's kind of mindless. You just go in there, you play around, and you see what you can come up with. I know my uh, four, almost five-year-old son really loves this one. And he, he was like, what are you doing, Dad? And I'm like, I'm, I'm making some beats, you know? <laughs> he, and he loved it. He goes, can I do it? And I was like, yeah. I mean, he has more skills in the uh, beat lab than I do. I'll tell you that. And I liked his little double hi-hat move, uh, you know, that he put in there. But check out Beat lab yeah that's a great one really fun and any of those creativity elements you can draw in so important my next one is an add-on called table styles this one is specific to google sheets i make a lot of tables any of the science maybe even math teachers out there we are always making lots of tables, having your students create tables as well. Um, and one thing I've noticed about myself in recent years is that I always create a table with the same style. Um, I don't know why, but I just figured out like a certain color pattern that I like. Usually my, you know, the header bar, the titles, I like a nice light gray and uh, sort of a darkish light gray, I guess. But then the cells beneath that, I usually make a, a lighter version of that gray. Um, that's like my typical style for creating a table. Uh, well, with, with this uh, table styles add-on, you can automatically set your Google Sheets to have a predetermined style. And you can, auto you can add that into the sheet without doing any of the highlighting and selecting a color and switching colors. It's a big time saver. Uh, so you can select your data and use one of these predefined styles that the add-on actually comes with a lot of them too. So if you're someone like Geis and have a hard time coming up with your own creative style, you can just pick one that Table Styles already has for you and automatically add that to your table. And actually, that's maybe one of the best parts about this. I think there's 24 um, sort of pre-supplied styles. And of course, if you would like to make your own or use one of theirs, but then slightly alter it, you can add your own styles in there too. So this is another way to sort of up that professional look of your documents or at least keep things standardized in what you're sharing out. Table Styles for Google Sheets. Yeah, 
definitely be venturing into some table styles. I, I make a lot of tables as well. I believe in teaching through uh, data and that's definitely something that could help us out there. My last one is really something that I, people always ask me, where are the, uh, where's the camera or the video recorder on their Chromebook or laptop. And for some reason, I always struggle with this one. I find it, I go through settings and find it and that's all good and everything. But um, there's one called camera. There's an app called camera. Okay. And, and <laughs> it's simple. You go to your apps, you click on either camera or video recorder, and you either take a picture or you take a video. And surprisingly, the, the uh, camera on a Chromebook is pretty good. I tried it out on a Chromebook and it looks uh, pretty nice and it's uh, very easy to use. So I'm going to end with that one. It's, you know, short, sweet and to the point, but camera, go get it, check yeah. it out. And you'll never have to wonder where your camera or video recorder is ever again. That's great. Those are the best tools, right? The ones that are just simple. They do one thing and they do it well. So that's a cool one. My last one, I kind of saved one of my favorites for, it's called Slido. Slido is an add-on for Google Slides, of course. Uh, Slido lets you add live polling and Q&A while you are in present mode with your Google Slides. This is huge for me. Even if you're sort of doing a digital classroom now, maybe working with a group of students over Zoom or Google Meet or whatever your school has you using, um, the ability to collect questions in a, in, an, in a simple way without constantly pausing and checking in or going to some, maybe switching windows to go to some chat um, where your students can be asking questions. With Slido, um, you can actually conduct live polling and, and view questions that students are asking while you are in present mode in the slide. So that means you don't have to you know, hit escape and go view a different screen. It all happens right there, uh, which again, the time-saving aspect, but also just the smoothness of it and how the students uh, might feel like they can interact with you in a way that would not otherwise be possible. I know for me and a lot of students, they just don't want to draw attention to themselves or they don't want to interrupt you if you're on a roll. But this way, with Slido, they can type in a question, it automatically pops up, and then you as the teacher can decide to answer it right away or decide to wait till you're done finishing a thought. Kind of takes the stress away from everybody. I think it solves a lot of the problems we have uh, when that direct instruction is, is taking place kind of opens this this uh, very easy to use format for that so uh, it might actually be my number one out of my whole list of add-ons definitely check out slido for any teachers using google slides that want to open up this uh this element of interaction with your students yeah i absolutely love ways to collect feedback on the go and i think that helps us teachers identify misconceptions and push our teaching to the next level so let's uh let's wrap it up here maybe just Really quick, go back over our list, guys, and, and maybe choose a couple of, of our favorites uh, that we featured. I know I just mentioned Slido is one of my favorites. It's What it does is so simple and so obvious, and it helps so, so much uh, that I think that's a huge one for me. Was there any of yours that kind of jumped out at you? It's like, man, this is, this is going to be a big, important one for me. I think the three that are just so easy to use and... They're simple tools. Uh, I like copy folder. I like video cutter. I like camera. Well, I'm going to go fourth one, voice note <laughs> too. Because they're all like, it's a one-stop shop for one specific reason, and that's it. So I really like those four. But I think out of both of our lists, we've, we've come up with a lot of cool ones that are easily used in classrooms. And I think uh, if you have one that you really enjoyed listening to, go check it out, see what it's like, and then reach out to us and let us know. Give us your feedback on those tools. So uh, if more people like them, maybe we'll include them into one of our 
special uh, episodes where we take some time, dive into it, and come up with several different ways of implementing that tool into the classroom. Just so everyone knows, every Wednesday at 8.30 Eastern Standard Time, we have the EduMentor chat. It's been picking up steam. We've had over 150 different people in this chat at different times. Over the last couple weeks, we've seen a lot of growth there. And it's just another way for us to share ideas and learn about ideas from people that uh, are in our PLN. So please go to Twitter and, and follow Nick and I. Nick is at Nick Got Teched and I'm at Geist Got Teched. And we would love to see you at one of these uh, these uh, EduMentor talks. So it's hashtag EduMentor. So I guess that's going to wrap up this episode. Remember, you can follow us at GotTech.com and you can follow the podcast on Twitter at WeGotTech. So until next time, just go try one of these tools out. Let us know. Stay in tuned. Stay in touch, and we'll see you later. Thanks, everybody.